Hey you guys, this is Marilpa from MCJ Studio and I'm back with another episode for the new artist. Now, before I start, I want to mention a disclaimer. In this episode, I will be mentioning uh, some examples of artists that have dealt with the specific uh, subject that I will be dealing with, and that is copying and stealing. Now, to protect their privacy and also the fact that they cannot directly um, give their input on this episode, I will not be mentioning their names, nor will I be mentioning their social media names or platforms. Um, I will be mentioning if it was on Instagram or Facebook, but what I will not be mentioning is is the the affiliated name towards it. So to protect their privacy and also the fact that they do not have the direct um, access to this platform to react on it, the names will not be mentioned of the artist. Now, back to the episode, back to uh, the show. As I already mentioned, I will not be naming the, the names just to, you know, protect the artist. Because the thing that I'm going to talk about today, the subject is copying and stealing. Get your own. That's how I named the episode. Get your own. And it deals with copying and stealing. Now, it is something that has been done for centuries. Like since the beginning of mankind um and it's i don't think that it's something that's going to end very soon i even predict that with the whole social media growth and the fact that it's such a staple in our own lives in our daily lives it will be happening even faster and easier and later on in this episode i will mention some examples in which it definitely has happened um and i also will be talking about how it actually can work for you and how it can work against you as an artist. But first of all, let us start with the um, lesser (laughs) evil of all, and that's copying. Um, The reason why I call this the lesser evil, which is a contradiction in itself, because if it's something evil, how can it be lesser? But the lesser evil, the reason why I call it that, um, is that... I believe that copying in itself, initially, in the very beginning stage of your career as an artist, is not the worst thing that can happen. Now, I start very, um, very seriously uh, saying copying, stealing, and how that can affect you, but it, it is not something that you really have to be concerned about. And I'm not going to come with the, the lame excuse of, oh, see it as a compliment or whatever. I'm, I'm Personally, I'm really not for that. And that's not something that I'm going to defend here either. Not on this platform. I respect everybody's opinion about it. I definitely think that there are artists that say, well, I see it as flattery or, you know, whatever. You know, mediocrity cannot touch the top. I understand all of that, but it's just not something that I want to defend. I don't feel that it is a compliment if somebody is openly 
and um, consecutively and permanently just copying your work. I don't see that as a compliment. How I see copying working for an artist, how it can work for an artist, is that is when an artist is starting out in the very beginning of their career. I know for myself, when I picked up the pencil again and I started sketching, I was so lost in my own style that I really did not know what I liked. I knew that I was someone who loved comics. I still love comics. I'm, I'm not really an avid comic reader anymore, and I'm not really um, um, collecting comics on, on, on a high level or anything. But I was always fan, uh, a big fan of the style. I was always a big fan of the, the character design, the color, the feel, um, the dramatic essence that it had. And I really just wanted to get back to that point where I had that. And also just develop that for myself as well. Because it's one thing to go back to time and go to a place where you first were, but you know, I've developed myself, I've grown. <laughs> and of course you want to develop your own style. So in the beginning for me, copying was actually a great way to introduce myself and reintroduce myself with sketching and art and art and animation. Um, I soon came to, came to the conclusion that animation was not really the thing that I fully wanted to um to explore and that was actually through copying because what I noticed is that animation and especially graphic design and character design for certain animation stories has a specific uh, feel and has a specific uh, uh, structure to it and it was for me something that I found very rigid to work in. I love illustration, I love character design, but I quickly learned that I had my own style that I wanted to develop in. So in that way, copying really helped me to find my own individuality and my own uniqueness into that. Another example of that is uh, when I went to Comic-Con last year, uh, and I think they hold that two two times a year in the Netherlands, and it's in Utrecht. That's a city in the middle of... um, of the Netherlands in the center of it. And during my visit at Comic-Con, I took it upon me to talk as much as I can to a number of illustrators, a number of uh, uh, graphic designers, and just to get more information on what the job entailed and how they started and by whom they were inspired and what their style was about, just so that I could get more info on it because at that stage I was very much um, still developing myself even um, as I was already doing my own style and was getting more and more familiar with what I wanted I still still felt that I was lacking certain information so during a comic con great time talked to a lot of people and as I was talking to a number of uh, well-known Dutch illustrators Um, I'm going to pick two that are totally the opposite of each other. We have one illustrator that was really focused on having this one specific style in which he drew a lot of comics that dealt with the Second World War, but also the colonization of Indonesia 
by the Netherlands. And his comics were really graphic and really um, straight to the point, realistic, very beautiful, very beautifully constructed, uh, really old school style of creating comics. And I was just amazed by the fact how he created those stories and where he got those stories from. And I, as I was talking to him, he drew a lot of his inspiration from his family and the fact that he was half Dutch and half Indonesian and that he never really got in contact as a young man with his heritage, his Indonesian heritage. So that really inspired him to, you know, work out his own identity to really dig deep into that. Furthermore, he was also very inspired by old school um, artists and the way that comics were created in that time with real Indonesian black ink, with uh, Indian ink, excuse me, with Indian ink, and that they were first sketched out fully and then colored in and then, you know, uh, test prints and all the other stuff that came along with it. So he was really someone from the old school. He was really someone that stuck to that method. And by copying and looking at his senseis, so to speak, um, he learned a lot about himself and he also learned a lot about the style that he wanted to develop and also his mission. That was something that really struck a chord with me, that he had a mission. And the advice that he gave me was, when you create something, whether it's a painting or a comic or an illustration, be clear on the mission that you have and be clear on the mission that you want to um, send out to the people, send out to your audience, because that is going to be the thing that's going to make you unique and it's going to make you distinctive and separate yourself from all the other people uh, that are out there. So that was the first thing that I found very interesting and was very fascinated about it. Till this day, actually, very fascinated about it. Now, there was another artist and he was actually totally the opposite of him. Also a comic um, creator, um, but he was more into pinup. Um, his illustrative style was very, very much into the subject of pinup girls. And he also did realistic drawing, he did graphic design, he did prints, um, a lot of stuff. And he was also very good at copying things. So this was a man who had many trades and many skills and all his skills were just top notch. Let me not uh, leave that out. All of his skills were top notch. And in his free time, he would then just, you know, copy uh, the character design of Donald Duck or an, and, um, uh, uh, you know, the Walt Disney figures and things like that. And he would give her own spin to it. But he was, if you would see his portfolio, it was just immaculate, just beautiful to look at and very interesting to look at. And, you know, I started to ask him questions about, well, how did you develop your style? And I shared my own portfolio with him. And as he was giving me some tips and pointers, he showed me his portfolio and he said, well, listen, a good way to start with your art, your own illustrations, your art or your paintings or whatever it is, is to look at other artists and copying the styles or the methods that you like the most, which was basically the same advice that the other illustrator gave to me as well. 
And the way that he did it for himself was that he had a specific number of artists that he really liked. And if there was a particular thing that he liked about that illustration, for instance, the nose or how the feet were drawn or uh, when it came to his pinup illustrations, maybe the legs, maybe the eyes, the mouth, the structure of the body, then he would imitate that. He would imitate it to the T and eventually put his own twist to it. He would, he would make the legs a little bit longer or the nose a little bit smaller, the lips a little bit fuller, eyelashes more pronounced, uh, you name it, he would change certain things to it. Eventually, you will not see anything originally from the artist that, it was, that he copied from. You might see the inspiration. You might see that he was influenced by, him, by them, but you cannot say that it was exactly the same thing. And um, for him, the advantage of copying somebody else's work in the, in the beginning stage of his career actually helped him to accept the fact that he was a man with many, many skills and that he did not have to conform to one specific skill. So yes, he was a realistic drawer. Yes, he did illustrations. Yes, he did graphic design. And he was proud of the fact that he could do all of these things because if it was just one specific thing, he would become really bored at it, uh, as he mentioned. So, you know... All other artists that I talked to had basically, you know, more or less the same story. And they all more or less said that it helped them develop their own identity. And it helped them also to um, experiment with their own style, which I find very interesting. And I'm going to elaborate on that in the next segment. Now, so what I found is so interesting about my visit at Comic-Con and also what I noticed with myself is that initially when you start copying somebody else's work, it will help you indeed create your own identity. It will help you create your own style. Why is that so? I hope as an artist, I hope that you as an artist have the audacity and also have the openness and the vulnerability to learn more about yourself. Um, And in this case, you know, without coming, you know, really Dr. Phil in it, (laughs) it is all about self-acceptance. Self-acceptance and vulnerability are two essential keys to developing an identity and a style that just is you. And whether you are a singer or a sculptor or an illustrator or a graphic designer, it all comes to those two things, predominantly. I do not doubt the fact that there are also other factors that come to place, but I definitely with a full certainty can say that those two factors are just key. They are mandatory if you want to have your own identity. So let's start with the first one, self-acceptance. In the beginning then, when I was starting as as an artist, I wouldn't say that I wasn't self-loving or self-accepting. I think I was doubting. 
of whether what I was producing was good enough. Is it good enough? Is it according to a standard? And by copying the people that you look up to, your senseis, um, you kind of start to see what the standard is, what the level is, what the magnitude of their work is. And if you're really challenging yourself and you have have some good senses that you are following, that you're really looking up to, you already start to see that you're putting a really high bar on your own work. Now, of course, this is something that is going to have a different outlook for everyone else. And what I mean by that is the, the bar that your sensei has created will never be the bar that you are having in the same way. It will look kind of different, but you are definitely inspired to push yourself in the same direction to always challenge yourself to do better and to create better quality and not just quantity to have a better eye for detail have a better eye for how it should feel how it should look and how you basically can sell it to your audience so copying in that sense will train your eye will train your own development into a progressive way And I think that is for every artist that they want to have in their own artistry, in their own uh, body of work, to have a progressive way of growing. Nobody wants to digress in their growth by just copying and copying and copying other people's work. So for me, it already set the bar pretty high for myself as into this is what I want to create. This is what this, this is the standard. This is the bar. And I want to reach that bar. Now, um, copying and the, and, and the amount of copying you're doing will eventually lead you towards tweaking it into something that will not anymore look like the initial um, the initial um, image with which you worked. I know that's not the right word I wanted to use, but I will come to it later. Um, what I mean to say by that is the following. Talking to these two illustrators from Comic-Con, they said another aspect that I find very interesting, and that is that they practiced they practiced they copied and practiced and practiced in a way that their goal was to 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 actually create something that did not like that did not look like the original anymore so that eventually they understood the structure they understood the quality they understood the level on which they needed to produce and could then produce something that is their own style now, that's something that takes time. That's something that takes effort. Now, f- now, the more you do it, the more you practice, the better and the quicker you will, you know, get to that level where you want to be. Um, but nevertheless, it's going to take time. And it's going to take a certain understanding that um, you as an artist, you will want to have your own brand. You will want to have your own name and you want people to look at your work and say, Hey, this is person X, Y, Z, or this is person fill in the blank. You want to have that distinct power. You want to have that competitive edge. 
you want to have that um just that difference that will make people say that it is you and not someone else or it looks like you know the last thing that you want to hear is that oh it looks like that and that and that no it it looks like the thing that you have created that's why you are you and you're producing the work as what you are producing it as um so that is also a very interesting factor that i found in their stories and why copying initially is not a bad thing uh, and how it can help you actually train yourself to to go towards your own style now the reason why i stress the word initially is that it cannot be a lifelong goal for yourself to keep copying other people's work and therefore self-acceptance and confidence play a very crucial part now like i said before self-acceptance so accepting who you are and what you produce is so important because when you get comfortable in who you are people get comfortable in who you are not everybody might like you but believe me the number of people that do not like you is relatively low and it's not in you know it's relatively low it's not in comparison to the people that will be a fan for you for a long time and hopefully a long 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 time so self-acceptance is very important in this confidence is very important in this the more you do it the more confident you become in what you produce and then copying is no longer necessary because you already know what to do you have trained your body to a certain level and in a certain structure and with a certain eye technique and skill set that will help you to produce the quality work that you are looking for and also can keep on developing for yourself so in that way um copying initially so from the beginning as a very short-term girl goal um as an instrument using for yourself to develop um your structure your housing your fundament can be very very helpful and it was also just very relaxing for me as as um as i was there and hear them actually say well yeah i did that in the beginning too but it wasn't my goal to be copying somebody else's work for the rest of my life that doesn't make you that doesn't make you the artist that you are because it doesn't take anything for any artist just to copy somebody else's work that's the easy part being different and standing out that's the hard part that is a hard road to take because you have to be confident enough again confident enough and you have to be self-acceptant enough to stand your ground and know who you are so for them to stress that and also so articulate so very well articulating the the reason why they were copying and how that eventually transit tra- uh, transcended to um transcended to um the the place where they just are able to create something of their own that for me was um like really good information that i could use and i think that every any other artist can use that information as well 
And it also takes away a little bit the shame in the beginning that you have like, oh man, I'm copying somebody else's work and I'm not able to create something of my own. I don't think that you should be shameful, you know, about that in the beginning, initially. Again, that beautiful word, initially. <laughs> um, it, it helps you. It is a tool. It's an instrument. As long as you can see it as that, that it is a tool, an instrument, um, then you will know and you will definitely understand that it's not something that you will use the rest of your life. Um, everybody starts with training wheels. There are very few of us that don't start with those training wheels, but <laughs> for the rest that do start with the training wheels, it's really not that big of a deal to be copying somebody else's work and then eventually give some flesh to your own body um, and to your own identity. But what when copying goes wrong? Let's take a break and then I'm coming back in the next segment. Okay, you guys, so I got some refreshment. I'm back with it again, and we are going to continue with the next uh, segment of this episode, and that is what if copying just goes wrong? Now, in the beginning of this episode, I already mentioned that I am not a big fan of saying that uh, when copying, uh, when, when somebody copies your work, that is flattery or that somebody is giving you a compliment. Personally, I think that is a crappy way of giving a compliment to somebody. I feel that if you want to compliment somebody on this work, just give them a compliment. Don't copy the work. I am very, very, very against that. Um, but that's just something personal. And the reason why it, it strikes a nerve with me, and I'm not afraid to say that it strikes a nerve with me, um, <laughs> is that... I've been noticing certain things, you know, uh, on Instagram and I follow other artists and I'm of course in awe of what those artists can produce and what they create and man, just beautiful. But the audacity, the audacity of, of a group of, uh, quote unquote artists that are one copying the work exactly as is and then two stealing it by using it for their own financial gain so that's what i mean by stealing stealing using somebody's work or copying somebody's work by for your own financial gain or even social gain and i will explain what that is later on um that is when we cross the border that is when we are just crossing the line i think that is uh something that can cause a, quite some distress for for artists i have seen of uh on artist profiles on instagram profiles how they would share images of stores web stores copying the work stealing it and then selling it for their own gain um i've seen stories on instagram of artists that uh, have addressed the issue with, let's say the copying quote unquote artist and the artist just not taking any responsibility for it. 
there were certain artists that would take responsibility for it, but other artists that are not res- taking responsibility for it and have the they have the great balls actually to say, well, I'm still going to do what I'm doing, and you cannot stop me into this, uh, into this 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 direction that I'm going. Now, those are of course um, ways where it can go really wrong, and that you're just hurting somebody to the core of what they are producing and also in their livelihood. Also instances where people, um, it are not other artists that are copying and stealing the work, but it are, um, potential customers, excuse me, it are, is the audience itself that is copying and stealing the work and then going to other artists saying, can you produce this work, but then for a lower rate, which for me is also something that I find quite, um, which I also find quite interesting how that could be possible because for another artist to see somebody else's work and then to produce that for a cheaper rate, it, I mean, you're part of the, the deal too. You're part of the scam too. So it has many facets. It has so many layers. And um, without making this episode too long, I'm going to go into, you know, just certain layers and also how artists can protect themselves, but also their audience and potential customers, their own brand um, against this, actually. Uh, so, yeah, it fortunately for myself, it hasn't happened. But it is something that is like in the back of your mind, if it happens, at least I can protect myself in this and this and this way. So let's just step into it. Um, The fact that there are people just taking other people's work and what the motives for that is can have really grave, grave, grave consequences. And... um, for artists, it is already a very big issue to financially secure your work, especially beginning artists. And when I'm talking about the beginning artist, I would say the beginning entrepreneurial artist. You can be an artist and you're creating your work and you're still, you know, creating the body of your work. And the moment that you really start selling your paintings, your sculptures, your music, your design, your, your fill in the blank then the business the financial aspect starts to be a part of this now um, it's not possible for each and every artist to really financially protect themselves and by financial protection i mean copywriting your work so that when your art is being used in an unlawful way you can take the right measurements against it Now, in this case, the two examples that I've um, mentioned, these two artists were able to protect themselves in a lawful way. They copyrighted their work and they were able to send the right people towards the people that were breaking the law and, you know, making the right, you know, taking the right uh, precautions for it. But I also know that there are a lot of artists out there that just don't have the budget right now to copyright each and every single art piece that they are putting out there. 
so that makes it so vulnerable and for me personally also such a delicate subject um, and a very sensitive subject because the work that you put out there this is something that you are creating your livelihood for and with Um, it's connected to your name so when you see that somebody's copying your work and putting it out there in a way that is just not representative of who you are what you do that can be very harmful to your name to your own brand and I always want to stress artists to also think in that way of being a brand of bringing a name not necessarily that you can say well I'm a brand uh, you know this is something that I just put out there but your name has a certain weight it has a validity your work is not just something that you just you know shake out of your out of your pocket and be like Whoop, there it is no it's something that you really put your effort into it and that effort has an intrinsic value and the intrinsicity of the value is going to be in jeopardy um you know your intrinsic value is going to be in, in jeopardy if somebody violates that and that's not something that you should be taking lightly that's something that you really have to look at as into what can be the consequences if I don't protect my work in the right way now when does it happen then that somebody is actually really you know crossing that border and and doing something that is just unbelievable and um, in certain cases just very obnoxious a very obnoxious behavior. Well, I was talking about the financial um, effect that it can have. And I think we all understand what the financial effect can be if somebody takes your image or somebody takes the image of a sculpture and uses it as their own and wants to gain financial gain from it. The, the stealing of it, they're literally stealing money out of your pocket, but can also be social theft. The fact, because um, it, it might not sound funny to people, like really social theft? Yes, social theft. Because, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned this many, many, many times before. I believe that social media should be a, a staple in anybody's business. I don't care if you're an artist or that you're a baker or that you're a cleaning lady. In nowadays time, social media is what we use. Is how we show ourselves. Is how we now promote ourselves. Um, our advertising is tied to it. So that can also be an issue. That there are a lot of quote-unquote artists and also quote-unquote fans that take the work for their own social gain and their own social recognition, and that can hurt a lot of people as well. Um, uh, I think we all have heard of instances where artists have seen their accounts disappear with all the art they have produced. And there it is. And because a lot of artists are now also relying on social media and they find the following and their, you know, their audience and their customers, their dear customers through the social media, imagine when somebody hacks your account and just takes away all your work, takes away all your content, and it's just gone. I think that's something that can be very devastating. I've seen it in a couple of accounts that I've been following. And fortunately, 
these artists have been able to build themselves back up again and have the support of the, of, you know, of their social media fam to put everything together and to help them build their name up again. So that is fortunately something that, you know, it can be restored, but the time and the value that you have to put in it to restore that is unbelievable. Um, and I see that as theft as well. I see that as, um, well, you cannot say that it's a, it's also actually an unlawful act because somebody can also be penalized for the fact that they are, um, um, doing something like that, that, that they are, hacking somebody's account or that they are taking somebody else's content and using that as their own. Fortunately, that is possible. Um, here in, in Europe, there is a law that has been implemented. Um, uh, I forgot the name of the law. I think it's article 13 or something like that, where um, every content producer has to be able to show that they are the owner of the content. It just has to. They have to be able to. And fortunately, I, for myself, have always been adamant about it, that anything that I put out has a watermark, you know, and I am now getting so bold that I'm putting the watermark in the middle of the photo. But fortunately, my logo looks well enough so that it's nice when you see it. But I can also mention that there are a lot of artists are like, oh man, I'm not going to do all of that work. I mean, I'm, I'm already busy doing the art that I'm doing. Now I have to also think about all the protection, all the work that I have to do when I'm put out and putting out that content. Yes, you do. You definitely do. So, um, I cannot stress how important it is that we keep on protecting ourselves and also look out for each other as artists. When we see that somebody is copying our work and stealing it and saying, Hey, yo, I think your art is being used in a way that it's not, uh, okay. And not in a proper way so that we look out for each other so that it can be diminished. You won't stop it completely, but it can be diminished. So heavy subject. Yes, indeed. But it's something that I feel that needs to be um, addressed eventually. Um, I believe as an artist, when you pursue this career, you have to firstly also understand that you are an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur that has an intellectual property, um, you need to protect that. That is not, not necessarily that you are possessive but that you want to protect the value and the integrity of your own business. If you're not doing that or you're staying ignorant to that, then you fall into the consequences of that. Nowadays, there is so much information out there that you can get to um, and use. It's kind of hard to say that you did not know. Kind of hard. It happens, but it's kind of hard to say that you did not know. So I just cannot stress the importance for people to protect themselves in these situations. I'm going to take a little break and then we're going to the last final thought of this episode. So people, 
Um, today I've been talking about the, the subject copying and stealing and how I named my episode, get your own, um, you know, you can take it two ways. My final thought about this, that you can take it two ways. You can get your own identity and pursue your own identity, pursue your own style, your artistry and stand for that. Accept yourself be open to it, be vulnerable, so that copying initially is a good tool to to develop yourself. What you do not want it to lead to is that people will start copying and stealing your work financially or socially. You do not want that. So be also aware of the fact that when you are in this field and when you are being an entrepreneur and you're selling your work and you're distributing your content that you protect yourself watermark your content that you're putting on facebook that you're putting on instagram you're putting on tumblr you're putting on twitter you're putting on fancy uh fill in the blank watermark your work don't fall in the trap and saying, well, it doesn't aesthetically look good. Okay, well, aesthetically, somebody's going to make it look good on their own page. <laughs> so that's maybe a risk that you're willing to take. That could also be. Um, but it's something I, I feel that you really need to stand for. Also, when you come into the position that you financially are able to protect your work through copywriting your work, do so. Um, because... By protecting yourself financially, you actually gain financially. And you gain financially by creating another segment to your own market. Because there are a lot of businesses, there are a lot of organizations that are willing to pay for the images for your intellectual property by licensing. You know, they want to license your work. And if you are the owner of the work, you have the copyright of the work. You can license it as many times and as, 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 you know, as many as times as you want to. So that allows you to gain financial freedom and gain a financial advantage. And by not protecting your work, Listen, if, it, if, if the financial budget is not there, I cannot tell you to go and rob a bank so that you can do that. But if steps can be made towards that direction, please do so. Look into the ways, look into the ways um, that are affordable and within your budget to protect your work. And, you know, like I already said, look into the ways how financially you can gain by owning your work. And then it doesn't become so interesting for other companies or people to copy and steal your work financially and socially. Because when that happens, when people steal that financially and or socially, then financially and mentally and emotionally, that can be a hard, hard hit for yourself as an artist. Okay, now that was all that I had to mention in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was a little bit of a heavy subject, but that's because this is something that has, of course, been happening for ages, but it won't stop as well. But it's something that we need to protect uh, each other and ourselves from. And it would be just, I believe it would be uh, ignorant of ourselves to 
have a blind eye for this and say, well, it's not going to happen to me. It can happen to anyone and it can happen to the best. Um, so, you know, take charge, especially as an artist, take charge in owning your property and being proud of who you are embodying it. And if you are a starting artist, also to be proud of the fact that you're just dabbling into all the styles that are out there and using that as a stepping stone to create who you are. Self-acceptance is key. Um, confidence is key. But also information is key. And how you use it and what information is very applicable to ourselves. So be safe out there. <laughs> uh, this is the end of the episode. If you want to know more about me, you can go to my social platforms and see what I have over there. Please don't take it. Don't copy or steal. I will get you. (laughs) And what you can also do is, of course, go to my website. I have a lot of information over there. I would love for you to subscribe to my mailing list. When you go to my website, subscribe to the newsletter and I have a lot more information for you. As of now, I hope to talk to you next time and enjoy your day. Bye.